going on, guys? Dustin with the LFG 1904 Show. Reconstruction Rescue is your best choice for flood restoration services in San Diego County. With years of experience in the industry, their dedicated team of project managers will work hand-in-hand with you from start to finish, specializing in home insurance water damage claims. They take on the headache of dealing with your insurance company so you don't have to. Call this number today for a free estimate. 760-891-9919. Once again, that number is 760-891-9919. Reconstruction Rescue. Y'all know the deal. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the show. Let me turn this off. Fuck it. Damn. You know what? So today, guys, we have Porterhouse Fitness on, Mark. And, um, you know, I know that you're a preacher, right? Yes, sir. And I t- I've been telling myself all week long, I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to do a podcast and I'm not going to cuss because I know that you oh, don't. That's all right. That's all right. And I know because some of your posts that you put, you know, you would say, well, I'm not going to say the word, <laughs> but it's funny because a lot of people ask that, you know, like, what's LFG? And I'm like, well, you can make it for whatever you want. Right, right. Live for God. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have, have that. And I'm, yeah. it's funny, my mother-in-law, she, that's what she says. <laughs> so it's <laughs> awesome, dude. <laughs> but anyways, I'm really stoked, man. I, we have, uh, you know, Mark on today. And I'm really looking forward to this podcast. I just was sharing with him right now. I am completely fascinated with the Instagram fitness journey and seeing the group of guys that you're with is just, I mean, I guess the only word is just fascinating. And I think that fitness should be a part of everybody's journey in in their life in order to grow and just be healthy. And, and, uh, so, I mean, obviously I'm going to dig into that, but, um, so you're so we were talking a little bit before the show. So you're from OB, San so, Diego. Yeah, well, I, I actually grew up in Dallas, Texas, but I've been in oh. OB since '94. Oh wow! So I grew up in yeah. How was that? Dude, that was a that was a trip. I, I mean, it's it's cool. I was a kid, so I was younger. Yeah. Um, but grew up there, just normal normal life. My dad was an alcoholic, so it was kind of a little trippy. But I didn't know he was an alcoholic. I just thought everybody drank, you know. Right. I thought everybody's dad did that. Um, but it was it was cool. I'm you know. Can't really complain. Still yeah. a skater, punk kid, trying to make my way in Dallas. But how how old were you when you moved? I was uh, so I was I was thirteen. Then we moved to Ohio, and then I moved to Denver, Colorado, and then I moved back to Ohio. And then when I was as soon as I graduated high school, I was basically I was like, "Did I'm out of here?" I came to San Diego. Right. So you just came to, on a limb. Just I'm gonna go. I met I met some dudes in Costa Rica surfing down there, um, and they were from OB, and they were like, "Dude, you gotta come to OB." And I was like, "Didn't even know what." What is what's OB? What are you talking about? And they were in San Diego. You come. We got perfect weather. Surf's good. And I was like, dude, I'm I'm there. Let's go. My dad passed away, and I was like, I'm out. Wow. Take you later. Yeah. What did he pass away from? He had he got uh, lung cancer, and then it just kind of spread everywhere. Just like within three months, he was yeah gone. And that's really where my my life just went completely downhill. I didn't know how to deal with it. You know? Yeah. No, I'm sure. I'm sorry to hear that. What a rough thing. I think cancer is just unbelievable what it can do. It's brutal. And it just happens so fast to some. Yeah. It really. Yeah. They 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 were like, you got three months to live, and I was like, like he, he told me that. I was like. Dude, what are you, what are you even talking about? You know, you're, I was 19. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Wow. Three months, you know? Yeah, at 19. Man, Mark, that's tough. <laughs> at 19, losing your dad to, to something like, did he smoke? Yeah, heavy smoker, heavy mm-hmm. drinker. Quit quit drinking um, about five years before he got cancer. So I got this, like, I, like when I get in trouble, I'd be drinking. I was 13, started drinking, sure. smoking weed when I was 13. So I get in trouble. He'd be like, well, you got to come to an AA meeting with me. So I got to see that whole world. 
even before I was an alcoholic, even before I knew what was going wow. on. But I go to meetings with him, saw him get sober, which was cool. I was like, you know, my dad, I mean, he, he never like beat us or he was a crazy alcoholic, but he was always drinking. Yeah. And so I got to see that, not even knowing that that's where eventually my life was going to go. Uh, <laughs> but got to see him get sober. Right. You know, I got to see him clean up and, and change his life and get healthy, which was crazy. Wow. Um, and then cancer just came in. That was it. How old was he? He was 59. So not even, or no, I'm sorry, he was 69. So he was, my dad had like six kids. I was the last. He was, he was kind of old. He was 44 when he had me. Wow. Um, but, you know, still my coach for my soccer team didn't know, you know, yeah. still active and whatever, but yeah. just an older, older dad. That's like me right yeah, now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, right. I mean, tomorrow I'm going to be 43. I'm turning 43. Tomorrow. All right. Oh, yeah. Happy so, birthday. you yeah. know, just had another baby. Yeah. That's it. It can happen. Done. Right. You know. Did I have mine later too? I was 36, 30, yeah, 30, 32 when I had my first. So yeah, that was up there. Yeah, I have a I have a daughter that's eight nineteen. She just turned nineteen, and I have not seen her since she was six because of my addiction. And oh, yeah. I've talked about it on the show, so I you know obviously won't get into it. However, I was just it just brought up it was just brought up to me the other day because it's her birthday. It's a pretty hard day. You know I don't get to see her. Yeah, I tried reaching out to her, and that that hasn't happened. But what I was saying to somebody is like, man, unfortunately, you know, things didn't work out between her mother and I. But we we're also so young. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We were babies having babies. Yeah, she didn't even know. Yeah, you know. And, and thank God for her being a great mother because I was just way off the Richter scale doing dusting things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, anyways, the, the the moral of my story is like I'm glad that I was in my 40s when I started having kids again because I'm much more mature. Right, I mean, some people right. are probably listening like you are not mature, but <laughs> I'm more mature than I was right, then. Right. And so, in financially. Yeah. There's just so many things, you know, I mean, yeah. I think people should really wait to have babies, yeah, like get sure. married and go and adventure, like yeah. go out and go and travel. Like those are cool things. I mean, you can always have kids. Like when you start having kids at 32, that's like perfect. Yeah. 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 I was starting to get my life back together. Yeah. You know, I was trying to come. And so, yeah. Yeah. All the wildness is over. I was done with all that. Right. Well, almost. Not. When I had my first one, I wasn't. By the time we had the next two, then everything was yeah. settled down. Yeah, you settled down. Yeah. So it seemed like you were doing some ping pong, man. So you were Dallas. You know, what, what, what were those moves about? Yeah, so uh, 13, my parents got – 13, my, my dad was from Ohio. So he, he moved – he was like, I want to be back closer to my family. So we moved there. As soon as we moved, like a month later, my parents got divorced. It was just like I think the move – I think a lot of stuff went into it. I still don't know the full story, but they were like, you know, we're just – we're done. My mom moved to Colorado. I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I was in a small, I grew up in Dallas, went to this tiny town in Ohio. Like the class I had in Dallas, if I would have graduated, was 1,200 people. It was huge. And then I went to this town with 100 people in my class. So I was like culture shock. I was like, dude, what the heck is this? You know, I didn't, right. just didn't, didn't fit in at all. I was a skater kid. They didn't even know what that was. Right. So my mom moved to Denver, Colorado, and I was like, well, that's a little bit closer to, to where I was. And, you know, it's a big city at least. So I went there, and she moved back to Ohio, or to Iowa, where she's from the next year. And so I was like, dude, I'm going back to to Ohio. I didn't, I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know where to go. I was just kind of lost. Right. Then you go to found some friends when I got back to Ohio. Um, some dudes and you know they were skating, little punk rock kids, and, and that's where my life just started going. You know, my parents got divorced. That's when I started smoking weed, started drinking, just trying to cope with some stuff. Yeah. How, uh, how old were you there? Uh, Thirteen. You see, that's what everybody in myself too. When we do stuff at that young age, we stent our growth. Oh, we yeah, stop 100%. our spirit, man. Yeah. It's just like, done. Yeah, okay, 
you're on timeout now. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. A, like an imprint in your mind. You're I just kind of like, everything's like, I'm going to put the, everything on hold now. You're not going to mature. You're not going to grow, really. Yeah. I mean, you grow physically, but like mentally. Mentally, yeah. Gone. Right. Yeah, 100%. So you, I mean, it's funny now that you realize that, too. I mean, just some people just don't. They're right. just like, ah, oh, it's maybe even normal or something. But right. I right. think it, you know, for, for most people that are not addicts and they can cope and do things that, you know, differently for guys like myself, there, it was just, there was no breaks. Right. You know, it was just more and more and more. Yeah. yeah. So you, so you recognize that right away or, or not so much when Pretty you're much. 12? I, I can remember, I can remember playing Nintendo with one of my friends after school and we get, we got, somehow we got some beer or whatever. And I remember thinking, I'm, I'm never going to be able to have fun. No, we couldn't get beer. That's what it was. Uh-huh. And I remember, dude, this is not going to be fun. If we can't get alcohol, this is not going to be fun. So right away almost, it was like, I was, I was, if, if we didn't have alcohol around or some kind of stimulant, it's not going to be fun. We're not going to, I can't have fun without it. Right. And, and I didn't see that then, but I remember having those thoughts, you know, early on, freshman in high school. Yeah. I'm just like crazy. I right. got to have this to have fun yeah. or to fit in or to, to whatever. Right. The liquid courage. Right, yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, gnarly. Did you did you like smoking weed? I love smoking weed. I smoked weed every day. Really? For years. Yeah. When's the last time you smoked weed? Uh, I got so I got clean and sober December 21st, 2007. Um, the last time I went back to jail, last time I went back to prison, and just kind of everything just stopped that day. So I was, I was, I had smoked weed that day. I drank that day. I'd done some coke that day. I'd done whatever. Yeah. And got picked up for the last time. And that was it. Yeah. That was all she wrote. Yeah. I mean, I just know that some of this weed now is like, I, I, from what I've heard, it's, it's insane. Different ballgame. <laughs> yeah, bro. There's like people like passing out, like literally ODing off weed now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, fucking wild. Just even bro. looking at it, I'm like, dude, this is not, this I isn't know. the Mackey we used to get. I know, break, right? right? That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's what I'm like, you and I, we, how old are you? Um, fifth, just turned 51 yesterday. Damn, yesterday? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. What's today? Thursday? Yeah, so two days what's ago. The, what's the date? Uh, it's to, uh, January 30th. January 30th. Yeah. So my daughter, I was just talking about. She's the 29th. Oh, wow. Now you're the 30th. Yeah. My grandfather was yesterday, and then I'm yeah. the second. <laughs> Bunch crazy. of Aquariuses, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like we're, we're sitting there and, and, and pulling the fucking, you know, yeah. freaking stems yeah. and seeds yeah. out, you know. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> it's a whole you guys deal, have dude. it easy now, dude. Yeah, I know, right? right? Yeah. It's all pretty looking. I Ours know. is all stepped on, just smushed together. Yeah. I don't That's... even like the smell of it. I, the weed it was never my thing. As much as I tried, yeah. I literally tried to be just a pothead. Yeah. You know, drink just... a six pack of kind beer and smoke some bong loads, you know? <laughs> right, right. No way. My just mind was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, who knows if you would have just kept smoking weed? Because I'm sure you said other things got, you know, you start experimenting with other things too. What was your first, like, even though weed's a hard drug, what was your first hard drug and what, how old were you? Um, I think my first was acid. I think I took acid when I was 16. Um, either, either acid or mushrooms. I can't even remember now. Right. Um, and then from there on, it was whatever you got. Mm. Just, lo- I mean, I fell in love with, with um, the first time we did. It was acid. Just fell in love with it. I was like, dude, this is, like, I smoked weed, drank, liked both of those things. But then when I took that, that was like a whole other level. I was like, right. man, my gosh, what else is out there? Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, I literally, and thank goodness, I don't know how, I mean, like, I think God was protecting me, like, 
nobody around us did meth really like all my friends all the dudes i was doing all these drugs with everything was cool except meth don't 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 go there don't mm. don't, don't touch that so i didn't use meth till like way later in life yeah uh, but meth was always like this thing just don't go near don't touch it really and even heroin too just don't 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 go there do everything else but don't touch that right and so i think it was just you know god protecting me yeah because everything i literally everything i touched i was 100 percent. i mean 120 percent. i'm going all the way and so i think if i would have dude if i would have used a much meth at all it'd be a different story who knows if i'd even be here right i know i, mean, I, I can i i started doing those drugs right towards the end mm-hmm. so i mean you know my story is a little bit similar like started really young 12 14 yeah from 12 to 14 just adolescent adolescence things like yeah sleeping with women already you yeah, know just things yeah. that were stunting my growth smoking weed drinking beer whatever hiding stealing blah yeah, blah blah. yeah but anyways when i turned uh, 25 that's when i started using heroin and meth mm-hmm. and then it just boom 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 every single time it was like going further further down the rabbit hole yeah yeah Oof. yeah it was, it's uh it, it's crazy how we just jump from one thing to the next and it's like okay, this is cool. What else is out there? What else? This, this is know. cool. What else is out there? And we don't see the the, the effect that it's having on us, it's just dragging us down. I think I was going up, or I thought I was going up. You know, right. this is, life's getting better, life's cooler. But man, I was just like you're saying, it was stunned my growth. But just maturity, psychologically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look back now, and I was, I was still a kid when I was 25, 30 years old. I was still a 16 year old kid just trying to figure out life. Right. And then my dad passed away, and I never like I think that's where everything that's where everything just went off the rails for me. I was at like, 19. Yeah, I was like, everything's open now. Let's go. Explain that. Like, what would, you know, what were the things that were going on? So I think, you know, I, I, I'd come out here. I was in San Diego right after he passed away. I, did, I had no way to cope with his death. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew I needed to, but I just kind of stuffed it as far back as I could. And I think by, by using drugs, smoking weed, alcohol, I was just kind of repressing all that. I was like, you know, anytime I didn't feel good, just give me something, give me some kind of stimulant because I don't want to think about that. I don't mm. want to have to think about my dad passing away. I don't want to have to think about trying to get my life together. Um, so I just kept pushing it away. And so the more the, 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 the more chemicals I could put in myself, the less I had to deal with it, the less I didn't have to confront what was right in front of me. Yeah. And it just kept knocking on the door. And so I was just using more and more and more and more to try and just keep that thing away. I don't, right. want, to, I don't even think about it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, yeah, don't bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just move on. That's, yeah, that's a part that 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 I knew it happened, but I don't want to I don't want to visit it. Right, or yeah, t- talk about it, explain <clears throat> to anybody. Yeah, and I mean, perhaps if somebody was there to help you cope, or like say, hey, we're gonna, you know, I mean, I don't know, figure this out, or yeah. go to counseling or. Something, yeah, and, that, and so even then, like, like counseling was always a bad word. Like, nobody did counseling. <laughs> That's you were, true. You were messed up, dude. You went to counseling, yeah, right? Know. And even still now, like, dudes are like, I don't need counseling. But, you know, and I, and I never went to, like, I mean, I went, once I was in jail and in prison, there was counseling you had to do, but I was never, like, sit down like this, talk right. one-on-one with some dude right. or chick or whatever. Right. Um, but definitely needed it. I mean, just with your parents getting divorced, starting to smoke weed, drink at an early age, I mean, just never dealing with any of that stuff. We were just told, you know, just, just – suck it up and go you just move forward yeah don't you, you don't need to talk about it my dad never talked about anything he was a good dad but we shouldn't talk about anything you know if right. someone's hurt if you if you something went wrong in your life just suck it up and let's go forward yeah um and i think that's they, they told us that because that's what they were told themselves it wasn't that they were they were necessarily wanting to do us harm it's just that's all they knew and they can only give us what you know and, and so now i got three boys right now and so i'm trying not to show them look you don't have to you can have emotions. You can have feelings. Don't let those things run your life, but you can have those things. You can express them. Um, but we were never told that. We were just told to, you know, suck it up. Let's go. I, 
I absolutely believe that our generation, seven, 70s and 80 babies, are yeah. going to have the some of the best kids. I really do. I mean, I mean, I, I know right now the world's probably, you know, what they might think of something different, but I think just like what you said about you're going to explain to your boys and, like, that's okay, because yeah. that was the same way I was brought up. Yeah. You can't talk about your emotions. Right. What are you talking? What are you, some sissy? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I don't know how many times that my stepdad called me, you know, homosexual or, you know, some bad word to yeah. make me feel less than. Right, right. Because that was an ego-driven, you know, there wasn't any feelings like, I love you. There wasn't like, let me talk to you. Right. It was like, I'm going to beat your ass, right, you know, right. or something. So That's all they knew, yeah. I think that, I, I personally think the way we're going to raise kids, because, I mean, even my friends that I have in my core group, like watching them raise their girls and their kids, and their sons, it's it's beautiful because there's it's like a whole another different sort of parenting that we're uh, we're used to. Yeah, you yeah, know, no, <laughs> like I, growing up was pretty. Got it was rough for a lot of people, man. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know we've we've learned from the mistakes that our parents made, and we can see not that not that we're perfect by any means. Mm-hmm. I've made a ton of mistakes, but yes, just, my kid just joined the the Air Force, just graduated from the Air Force boot camp, and and he's writing me back now. Like during boot camp, all they can do is write letters. Yeah. And so he started, he just, we get like a letter or two a week. And he's like, dad, I'm, I'm thankful that you were, you were, I don't think he said hard on me, but you, 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 he, he kept saying this, you made me a man that, that I'm, I'm proud of. You made me a man that I'm, I'm stoked. You know, I'm, you, you, you pushed me, you didn't just let me coast through whatever, but you pushed me and, and I'm thankful for that. So, you know, there's that, that point where we push each other and, you know, we, we, we raise them up when we're raising men. So you want to, you know, I, I, we, always, we always say in our house, we don't quit, man. We just, if you start something, we don't quit. I'm gonna go to the end, and it might get hard. It might be be difficult, but I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this thing. And you know, there a lot of with him. There's a lot of tears. A lot of like he was a little bit more emotional than I was. And at first, I didn't get it, but we we worked it out. And and now he he's coming back saying thank you, Dad, for 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 doing those things. You know, mm. uh, for showing. So so the first time I get to see him, you go up and you tap your kid out in the Air Force. Like they graduate the whole big ceremony, and then they just got to stand there in attention until the, one of the family members comes and, and touches them, and then they can move. So he's just standing there, stoic as can be, you know, looking forward. And you, you got to fight your way down. There's like 300 people. So you white work your way down there, and I come up, and I, I just give him a big hug. And, dude, we both just start bawling. Hmm. And my youngest two, he's like, they're like, Dad, we've never seen you cry before. Wow. And I was like, dude, it's okay to cry. It's, yeah. it, was just a, it was just one of those emotions. You know, we both were just overtaken by it. So to be able to show them, Look, we, we, we go hard. We don't quit. We also, there's, there, you can have emotion. You can, there's, there's yeah. times to cry. Um, doesn't make you a, a sissy or whatever. Yeah. Um, Less than, yeah. Yeah, don't let those emotions drive your life, but they're there. You can do something with them. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, def- there's two different kinds of emotions. You can't just, you know, I don't know. Now, it's funny, I got clean, and it's like, there's certain things I just cry over nothing now. I'm like, what yeah, is going on? Right. You know what I mean? Am I that sissy? That my, my stepdad said no. Right. I mean, I, I just know that, you know, once you, you know, you you dig out some some stuff in your, your pit and, then, you know, you work on some things and emotions start coming up. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. And a lot of this, we just, we just repressed it. Just how, shove it back there. How cool is that, though? Your kids are like, wow, man, I've never seen you cry, Dad. I bet they were just kind of like amazed, really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were like, this must be okay. My youngest kid's like, no, we don't cry, we don't cry. My, my wife's like, no, it's okay, Dad. Like, my, yeah. my brother passed away almost three years ago. He's my older brother. Um, heavy alcoholic, couldn't stop drinking. They said it was a blood clot that killed him. He died in his sleep, found them in his bed. But it was definitely, I mean, alcohol had something to do with it. We found, like, thousands of 
bottle, like literally thousands of hundreds yeah. of those little um, airplane bottles of vodka all over his, his house, all over his room. It was just a mess. And I had to do the funeral. Oh, I didn't have to, but they were like, my mom's like, would you do your brother's funeral? Sure. And I was like, yeah. And so I'm preparing for it and getting teary-eyed. You know, as I'm even preparing for it, I get up there to talk, and I, I couldn't talk, dude. And I was like standing in front of all these people, all his friends, my family's there. And I'm just like, okay, get, get yourself together. Mm-hmm. And I bawled the whole way through it. Right. And so I don't know how my kids don't remember that, but I think they were just because they were bawling too. Um, but against it, you know, do we can have emotions? You're going to have these emotions. And so I dealt with his death, and I tried to deal with my dad's death. And when he died, I just ran into drugs and alcohol. But my dad, when my brother died, it's okay. Yeah, I can I can finally do this in a normal way. Yeah. I can do this in a positive You're way. Feeling the feelings. Yeah, yeah. For real now. Things, yeah, let those things you know, hit and, 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 and actually deal with them and talk with my wife, talk with some people that I know that I trusted. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. I can see the difference in how you just deal with you know those big things that got to get dealt with yeah. or else it's going to lead to just craziness in your life. Right. Yeah, you start stuffing that sort of thing again and... <laughs> Back to square one, right. my friend. Yeah, yeah. Again, because that's that's where my my addiction just took off. As soon as my dad passed away, I was like, dude, I gotta I gotta go. Yeah, do just, something. Just start running the gun. It's yeah. a it's also just that relieving feeling, you know. It's like re- you're releasing. I mean, at least that, that's how I feel about it. Is when I get really emotionally, de- you know, and I start I start crying about something, and it's very short lived. Yeah. However, I feel like I'm releasing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now I'm giving, I'm giving it up. I'm giving it back to God. Like, yeah, it's yeah, cool, you, can, you yeah. know. You this, is God, again. this is God's will anyways. You know, I'm yeah. just living here. So. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You can take something off your shoulders. So, yeah, so obviously addiction runs in your family then. Hardcore, yeah. My dad's dad was an alcoholic. His brothers were alcoholics. It was, I mean, it, it was, I can look, I think of my grandma. It wasn't even on my mom's side a little bit, but my dad's side 100%. 100, yeah. Hardcore, yeah. So let's get into it, man. So yeah. you you got here you got here to San Diego OB. You're doing oh, some mushrooms. You're doing yeah. some acid. Yeah, running well, amok at 19. Just acting a fool. I mean, I came here primarily to surf. That was the yeah. deal. Um, towards the end of it, dude, I wasn't surfing. I wasn't. I wouldn't even look at the ocean. I was just. I was waking up in the morning. I was framing houses, Rancho Santa Fe, Del Mar, a little bit out East County out here, but but you know, just doing some high, beautiful custom homes. Um, and everybody, like we, we'd go to, at lunchtime, we'd, we'd, we'd figure out what was the closest gas station so we can get a 40 or whatever. You know, that's how it kind of started, just a little bit here and there. Mm. And it got to be, okay, I need a 40 to even get to work. And then it started to be, I need some vodka to get to work. Like, like I'd use drugs, but like alcohol became just, just overtook my life. So I'm drinking, dude, I'm, I'm drinking like a fifth of uh, vodka a day, climbing all over these houses. I don't know how none of us never killed ourselves. Most of the dudes that I frame with or used to frame with now are sober, so it's cool to, to see that. A couple of them, one dude just had a, um, a liver transplant. But, dude, ate, OB just ate me up. It was like, come on in. I got it. We got everything you need. And OB back in the 90s, dude, you can get, you can still get anything you want OB. But, dude, it was like no man's land. You can, you can do anything. Parties every day. I mean, I was thinking about on the way here. Like a, a normal Tuesday is let's let's take a kick down to the beach, bury it, and let's have, have fun. That, that, that's Tuesday. Mm. It's not even like yeah. a real day. Right. This is whatever. This is what we do. It's that beach life too. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's a pretty cool life, it right? Was, yeah. It was, I mean, there's a lot of fun. That's crazy. A lot I of mean, heartache, a lot of pain. And you still, I mean, you ran a muck down there, and, and you still live down there today, right? Yeah. Which is which probably is, was it hard at first, or it was, dude. I, I I thought I'd never go back to OB. I thought there was no way. I did went to jail, went to prison, got out. That was the last thing I thought I'd ever be back, but got got called back there. So I still see a lot of the same dudes. Still, yeah. still, 
running the people, but my life is completely removed from that. At first, I was kind of worried. I was like, dude, I don't want to go back into that. That's like going right back into the pit, you know? Um, but, I mean, God did some crazy stuff in my life to be able to just get me back there. I mean, I'm not hanging out in the bars or whatever anymore, but right. I still see it. It's down there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely down there. So your, so your your last term that you did, was it drug and alcohol related? It was. So so I so what happened, I was in OB. My mom was in Iowa. I'd never lived in Iowa, but that's where she was. I knew I needed to go re- to rehab. I knew I needed something to change. Like, I, I got another DUI. All my friends and the, the, the chick I was with at that time, we were supposed to go to Hawaii. I got a DUI like two days before we're supposed to go. They took my license, took everything, so I couldn't even get on the plane. So I stayed back, and this other dude, I just that's when I just started just like went off the rails. Mm. This other dude comes over and he's like, Porter, oh, his name's Porter. He's like, Porter, you're gonna kill yourself. If you keep drinking like this. Like literally, it was like, dude, you're gonna die. This is this is not. I wasn't eating. I was just just drinking, chugging vodka. And he's like, we got to do something. So I called my mom. I don't even remember calling my mom. I was mm. like, Mom, I gotta get help. I get I, I need to go to rehab. Something. This is my life is crazy. So she uh, she comes and gets me, takes me back to Iowa. I go to this 30 day program. I sneak out one day. I was pretty much sober, but I still got one day drank and then came back. Did the 30 days. Thought I was cool. You know, I was like, I'd never been, I hadn't been sober in 20 years. Right. So I came Especially back. Especially off vodka. Did you have like the trimmers and oh, shakes was, yeah, and it all was that? Bad. It was okay. bad. Yeah, hard. Just want to make, I want to paint a picture for everybody because yeah. it was ugly, dude. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's one thing about quitting drinking, but when you're drinking, I mean, alcohol is the devil, it's man. Brutal. It yeah. is gnarly. And I've said this and I'll say it again. There, I know that there's a warning label, but there has got to be like a poison yeah, label. Yeah, there should be, really. I mean, our bodies are not meant for that. No. Especially, especially the amounts that we were drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and so, so, so like, I, it was so bad that when my mom, my mom and her sister came to get me yeah. to, to fly me back to Iowa, I couldn't even get on the plane. They had to drive three days. We had to get in a, they rented a car and they drove me back because I was just I was a complete mess. A mess, yeah. So I'm shaking. I give the tremor. They gave me the this medication to to reduce that. So I basically slept that whole three days driving back to Iowa um, because I was just I was complete. I got to the I got to the rehab and the lady said told my mom and my mom told me this later. She's like, we've never seen anybody this bad. Mm. I was just uh, just a disaster, and I didn't think I was that bad. You know, we we trick ourselves. Uh, we can always you can always find somebody else that's worse than you. Mm. At least I'm not like that dude living mm. in the streets and in a gutter and eating out of a out of a trash can. Um, but I should have been. So yeah, dude, I was I was just a, a train wreck, just like heavy, heavy alcoholic. If I if I didn't have alcohol first thing in the morning, I'm shaking. I couldn't like I couldn't even function. I couldn't think right. But as soon as I took a drink, then everything just kind of. Like that was normal. Mm. Being drunk was normal. That's where my my, my my body needed alcohol at that point. Um, and so to get off it, your your body just freaks out. Right. It was it was brutal. It's a lot like heroin <laughs> heroin addicts, you know. Yeah. yeah. You gotta you gotta hit, have that shot in the morning. Yeah. Just uh, just same level off. Same thing with yeah. And you're not even high. It's just like you're just maintaining. Right. Right. Brutal. How old were you when you went there? So I think I was. Uh, I want to say 32 when I first went to that rehab, um, and then and that just kind of started a whole stint in and out of rehab, in and out of rehab. I get out for a month. I, I tried to come back to OB after that even. I made it like I think 30 days, and I called my mom. I was like, "Dude, I got to get out of here," because I, I went back to the same apartment, same place, same people, same friends. It was, nothing had changed. Um, I thought I thought I thought okay, if I go to rehab, that I can just drink like normal people. Mm. Uh, but that was that was I mean right as soon as I started drinking again it was over. I was like, dude, I gotta have I gotta have alcohol. 
Right. I was one of those drunks that, like, if, if, if I'm not constantly drinking, then, then my mind is that's all I'm thinking about. <clears throat> I, can't, right. I can't stop. Well, it's just like what you were saying earlier. It's like 12 years old, 13 years old. What am I gonna? We're not gonna have fun, right? You know, yeah, if I'm yeah. not drinking, yeah, exactly. What yeah. kind of fun are we gonna have? We're yeah. gonna sit here and stare. Yeah, so I get it, <laughs> totally get it. So it's that's pretty amazing. So when you were stopped, though, this is always. A, a, did you realize how fast you were drinking? Was it like it just it, you caught right back up and then then yeah. some? Yeah, right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nuts. Go right, right back into it. Yeah, and even harder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I wouldn't just have a couple of beers. I'd, I'd go straight back to vodka, and then I started drinking tequila. <laughs> right away like and tequila is just a whole other animal yeah <laughs> it's, it's dude. just stupid i know so now it, fights and just acting stupid just just crazy yeah it's like fireball whiskey and i mean I, I i i relapsed and i tried it for the first time and i wanted to and i'm like holy crap this is gonna get me in trouble i already knew that right away you know <laughs> right. when something tastes that good and yeah. you're just drinking it so for you guys that's, that are listening out there listen the best clean time that you're going to get is right now. Do not go yeah, back out yeah. and use because I can promise you it's going to be 10 times worse than ever before. It truly is. It truly is. You and went we, from drinking a fifth, you're drinking a gallon. Yeah, Boom. Done. Yeah. And you think, you think you, I, gotta, I, I can control it this time. It's, it's going to be no different. In fact, like you said, it's going to be worse. It never works that way. Yeah, I, you just jump right back in the pool. Right. Drowning again. So you're in Iowa, though, right? So I was in Iowa. Um, I was trying to get back out here. In fact, I'd already had plans to get back out here. And that's when, like, I'd been in trouble out here a couple times, jail. I uh, never went to prison out here, but jail a couple different times. Just small stuff, fights, DUIs. Yeah. Um, started getting in trouble out there. I got, 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 two, I got two DUIs in three days in Iowa. One, wow. And you already had how many in Cal- I'd had two out here, but thank goodness, I don't know what, how exactly all the states work, but because, because if it's not a connecting state, like a border state, they don't count those other DUIs. So it was just, I was starting fresh in Iowa. Thank sure. goodness. Sure. So I'm out there. I got two in three days, and, but they counted them as two first because I hadn't, been, I hadn't been convicted yet. I'd just been charged. So I got two first offense, which was good and, and for me. So I just got probation for both of those. Got a, had a burglary. I broke, I broke into my neighbor's house to steal alcohol. I didn't want to go to the, to the liquor store. Right. So I break into my neighbor's house. What a fucking... And they're home. What a G. <laughs> oh, they're, they're home? home. Yeah. <laughs> that was a horrible... That was a horrible criminal, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, so You're break, a real I, I, alcoholic, man. Oh, it was hardcore, dude. <laughs> yeah. I broke in their basement. The basement window came upstairs, and there they are sitting having having lunch at, the din- at their dinner table. <laughs> I was just like, oh. holy crap. So I... You know, it ran back out, and they were like, "Oh, I think my neighbor just broke into our house." Oh my it was, god! It was a trip. So I, I barricaded myself in in the house for like two days, and then I finally had to leave to get alcohol. And the cops are just sitting there waiting for me to, to leave the house. You know, it was it was, it was horrible. Um, so that's the first time I went to prison it was because of that. Because I already had two DUIs, had this. Um, I don't think I had my third DUI by that time. Um, so I went and did I did eight months on a five year sentence and, and got paroled out. And then three months, no, one month after um, I got out of parole, I get another DUI. And they're like, I'm already on parole still. And they're like, dude, you're going right back in. So I go back in, do another eight months, get out, you know, keep saying, I'm never going back out. I'll never drink again. I'll never, dude, I'm never going back to prison again. One month later, um, get another burglary, uh, breaking into a liquor store. And they, right back, and I was already on parole for the for the first burglary, already on parole for another DUI, or no, I got another, I got, I had getting another, I, another DUI in that time, and so they're like, dude, you're, you're done, and thank goodness they ran, every, they, they clumped it all the way together and ran it consecutive, so I just did another five years, 
Um, but I, I, met, I think I had 15 years hanging over my head, but they just, they were like, dude, what? I kept going in front of the same, it's a small little town in Iowa. I kept going in front of the same judge over and over and over again. And finally he's like, he's like, Mr. Porter, what's it going to take for you? What, what are we going to do? And I was just like, dude, I have no idea. Mm. But that was the day. So that's December 21st, 2007. Going back to prison for the third time, in jail for the, for the 19th time. Uh, uh, I'd been to rehab 21 times. I've been in 21 different rehabs, just in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Just could not get it. And on, on that day, I, I, I remember I went back into the jail and they put that orange suit on you. You know, you put me, they put me in my own cell that night for whatever reason. I don't know if it was just because it was so late that they wouldn't put me in the, 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 the big pod or whatever. So I'm in there, and I remember I, I, was, I was just devastated. I had, my kid was one year old at that time, or not even one. I think he was like nine months old. And I was like, dude, what, what is my life? And I remember kind of like having an out-of-body experience, like seeing myself in that cell in the orange suit, just sitting there on the ground trying to figure it out and, and going, to, I don't even know who that dude is anymore. I don't even know who I am. <clears throat> and I, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up following the Lord. I didn't grow, really grow up with any of that background. But I remember that night I said, I said, Lord, I don't know who you are right now, and I don't know who I am, but if you'll help me, I'll do anything. Just shot up a prayer. And I've prayed a million times, but never meant anything. Like, Lord, I'll, dude, if you get me out of this, I'll never drink again. If you get me out of this, I'll never drink again. But it was just kind of just, just, just music. Um, and I prayed that prayer, dude. And I, I woke up the next morning, and, and literally everything had changed in my life. Like, I, I don't want to say the obsession to drink or, or use drugs was gone because I'm in jail. So, so you can't really get, I mean, there's little things you can get, but nothing so much. But from that moment on, I've never wanted to go back and do anything again. Never thought about drinking, never thought about using drugs again, never thought about, I mean, and it's been presented, it's been there. Um, but from that moment on, that was, that was it. Wow. It's crazy. I don't think so, man. I honor God, you know, yeah, yeah, I, sure. we, I say that all the time and I'm a firm believer in that. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> similar story with me, you know, and I, I was watching this guy that I was locked up with. It was, you know, revolving door thing. And he came back just like beat it up and he was just gone for like 30 days. And I was like, man, that's going to be me. Like I, I, I literally, yeah. I pictured my, I pictured my self, him, yeah. you know, coming back. And so, yeah. yeah, that, that's, that, that was that whole connection with me too. It was like, there was there, something came over me of surrender and yeah, com complete, just, I am ready to try whatever. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. When, I think you get to that point where you just. Like you said surrender. It's just I, I can't I can't do this anymore. That's why I kept thinking I can't I can't keep doing this. I'm either gonna die. I want to be a father to my kid. I, I want to have a life. I never thought, dude. I never thought growing up that I'm gonna be in a jail cell or going back to prison for the third time. You know, that's never like oh when I'm gonna grow up, this is what I want to be. Yeah. I think I'd be like my dad was a businessman, so I thought I'd just be a businessman, wear a suit to, to work, go do my thing, whatever. That's just you know the the the, um, the happy days or, or whatever kind of life that you kind of picture yourself having. Then, dude, my life went, just took a hard right, and I, I never saw myself coming back from it. I thought I was done. Mm. Man, I had two felonies, um, hardcore alcoholic, hardcore addict, like no future, no hope. N n just to look, really, when I, when I prayed that prayer, I was like, just, just help me not drink again. That was my biggest goal. Don't, I just don't want to drink again. Yeah. Help me here. And yeah. then we'll try and figure something out after that. Yeah, show me, show me <laughs> some sort of way, right? So yeah. clearly that happened. You go, you go into prison, and is it the same prison that you were already at before? Because you said it's a it, small town, so it wasn't. So, so they kept moving me around these different prisons in Iowa. I don't know if it was just because they didn't want me the people in the same one, but so I ended up at this other prison um, called, Mount, called Mount Pleasant. It was a, it's a, it's a treatment 
facility. It's a prison, but it's a, everybody there that is in some kind of a treatment. Really? Um, and so I go there, I back into treatment again. But I'm, the, the second day I'm there, I, I, my mom would give me a Bible. I'd never read the Bible before, but I was like, dude, if this is going to help me, I'll, I'll try anything. I'm reading it. This dude comes up to me, and I didn't know this at the time, but he's doing, he's doing a, a double life sentence on a double murder. Black dude even. Yeah. Not even really supposed to be talking to him. Yeah. He comes up to me, sees me read this reading in the day room. Comes up to me and he's like, Porter, do you want to? Do you want to? Sees my name tag. He's like, Porter, you want to? You want to? You want to get out of here and stay out of here? And he didn't even know anything about me. I yeah. was like, Yeah. And he's like, I'll tell you what to read every morning, and we'll get together every night, and we'll go over it. If you truly want to, if you truly want to get out of here and stay, mm. he's like, You you willing to do that? And I was like, Dude, I'll give it a shot. What whatever you got, brother. And so he 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 tells me what to read. He gives, gives him his plan what to read in the morning. We're, and we're reading twenty chapters of the Bible a day. At first, I'm like twenty chapters. You know, I could read maybe one. Right. He's like, no, it's, it's twenty chapters. That's what we're gonna do. He's like, what else are you gonna do? We're, you're in prison. You got all the freaking time in the world, bro. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Yeah. So we'd read the Bible in the morning. We work out. And they still had uh, have weights in the prisons in Iowa. They don't have them here in California anymore. But so we 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 read the Bible. Work out. He, you know, just just poured into me, and he did this for like three years, dude. Um, and like I said, we're not even supposed to be talking like black dudes and white dudes. Yeah. It's not as political as as California prisons, but still, it's right. like, dude, don't don't be hanging out with that dude. You guys had, uh, you said he had weights, right? Yeah. So yeah. you guys were getting jacked, dude. Yeah, dude, dudes were just swole, right? <laughs> it was just crazy, dude. Yeah, that's all they got. You that's know? it. Eat food. Yeah. Eat and, eat, and, eat food and work out and just work out. Dude, there was some. There were some monsters in that. I the bet. Brain. Just like I don't know, like the guards are like so intimidated. I know these guys are just walking around jacked. That's Huge. funny. Well, that's why they. That's why they got rid of weights. Yeah, yeah. Because people were just <laughs> like the guards were like, dude, we can't even control we, these yeah, we beasts. Can't just take like six dudes to take one guy down, bro. Yeah, some of those like seventies and eighty photos of like dudes <laughs> working out. You're yeah. like, holy gnarly, and they ain't juicing up, bro. That's right, like that's all natural. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, like that's, 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 that's all natural. They look massive right, right. it's like god like dog the, like the gym at venice beach on, on the beach the dudes are just swole but that yeah that's happening in the prison dude it's i know jacked so many of those guys too i mean we, we we've seen this before you know you have great pictures of looking just so nice right yeah. and then you just start using and it's just like oh yeah gone back to skinny yeah. dustin yeah walking yeah, around crazy right Walking around talking to himself, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yelling at the trees. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. No. So, so that was, um, you know, I mean, obviously, God put that guy in your life, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, Mark. You know, no matter what. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah, and 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 so so this dude, I mean, he. What do you go, do? You go by Mark or do you go by Porter? What do you want to be called? Either way. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, depends on like if my, all my older friends don't even know my first name is mark they're like it's, porter, is, it's is, always it por porter. is it always porter yeah okay, to them, yeah then my wife's like i can yeah. never call you porter I'm like, but, yeah. right well yeah some right. people are like hey man my mom calls me mark you call <laughs> you call <laughs> right. me porter all right, right cool yeah. man either way yeah it goes but yeah so 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 i meet this dude and this dude's got a crazy story too he's like he was nation of islam muslim like that's where he grew up his, his parents had malcolm x at his house when he's a kid so he's wow. like heavy like grew up in Missouri and he committed his, the murders in in Iowa, so that's why he was stuck there. But he was in he was in prison for twenty seven years as a Muslim, running the prison like the imam, which is basically a pastor for the Muslim religion of the and and he becomes Christian. Has this crazy story. Becomes Christian, leaves all that behind. His parents say, "If you become Christian, we'll we'll never talk to you again. We'll never send you money again." He's like, "Dude, I can't." This, is, this changed my life. So he becomes Christian. Everybody writes him off. He starts ministering to these other people. 
He's like, dude, you're one of the first white dudes I've ever talked to. Like after we become friends and like got through like a year, he's like, dude, you're one of the first white people I've ever sat down and talked to. And I said, like, well, that's cool. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so he 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 comes into my life, dude, and and he's like, dude, you're gonna be a pastor someday. Wow. And I was like, dude, my my biggest fear in high school was speaking in front of people. Like hated it. Like would be like up for days if I had to speak the next day. You know, like drove me crazy. He's like, you're going to be a pastor someday. And I was like, dude, there's, there's no way. I don't even know what you're talking about. I barely even know the Bible yet. He's like, no, you're going to be a pastor someday. Mm. Two months later, I'm leading a Bible study. A month after that, I'm preaching in the prison. Like, literally, like, the, 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 we have our own, the inmates have their own um, service. The, the dude that was running it got transferred to another prison. So they were like, okay, we got to have somebody fill in. They were like, Porter, you're going to fill in. I was like, dude, you, you guys are out of your mind. I, I, there's no way I should even be up here. So I start preaching and teaching in the prison again, which is something so foreign to me and so far outside of me. Um, but dude, we started, we had like 15 people, then it grew to 30 then it grew to like 90 and just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and, and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so again, I'm just, you know, I'm thankful for that dude. He's still in prison. I can't, they won't let me go visit that dude because I was in that prison, but I still get the right to him. Um, he was a gold gloves boxer, dude. So he, he would teach me, he taught me how to how to hit the heavy bag. Taught right. me how to jump rope. Taught me how taught, taught me how to lift weights. Taught me the Bible. Taught me. I mean, dude, dude was just teaching me everything. Wow, it's crazy. How old was he when he when he was there? He was he was in his fifties when I got out. I got out in two thousand ten. No, he's in his sixties when I got out. So he's probably seventy. But dude runs like two miles a day. Still hits the heavy bag. He's in great freaking shape. Just just like just beast. Yeah, just just uh yeah just but just like. He told me this. He's like, Mark, the, the first 27 years that I was in prison, I hated every single day of it. I mean, every single day. I woke up. I hated life. I hated being here. I hated everything about myself. He becomes Christian. He's like, I finally got a peace right now. And that dude has reached more people and helped more people since he, you know, from doing that. He's like, Mark, I've never been more free in my life than I am right now. Mm. And he's in prison. And, he'll, and prison, the, the life in prison in Iowa is life. He's never getting out. Yeah, you're done. It's not going to happen. Yeah, well, like, who did he murder? He he murdered. Uh, it was it was in a in a in a. He never told me this. I looked it up when I got out, but it was in a um in a, a drug deal gone bad. Right. And they beat this dude with a with a hammer. Nice. Kill these two dudes. Yeah. It was white like guys though. No. No. It was oh, really? really? Black guys. Yeah. It was. Like, I was. That's what I, I'm automatically thinking like it was you know because he's doing yeah. a double, double, double murder life. life and yeah. you know he's black and he fucked over some white guys yeah, or no, something. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Yeah, of course, you're, you're throwing the book at you, son. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Wow, how guy. crazy. So you still write him, though, huh? Yeah, I still write him, yeah. You're super grateful him. for that guy. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just just amazing, dude. He's, he's uh, Mr. Elam is his name, but yeah, right. he's a solid dude, solid. How how nuts is that to talk, you know, his family disowned him, and he just, yeah. he was just like, this is the path that I'm on. Yeah, this and is it. This yeah. is it. Yeah, yeah, he, he left. I mean, he, he basically was like, dude, I had to leave everything behind. His mom, like, right when I got out, his mom finally started talking to him on the phone. Like, like his dad, his dad, I don't think still today his dad will ever talk to him again. It's like, dude, when you, it's not like you're just leaving the religion. You're like, you're leaving everything that that family put into. You know, that's, that's like, that's everything to them. Yeah. And so you're not disowning, you're not just disowning the, the, the religion, you're disowning your family when you walk away from that. Um, but but what happened to him was so real. He's like, I, I can't deny. He's like, I don't want to leave you guys, but I can't deny what's happened in my life. I gotta I gotta follow this. Yeah, twenty seven years of being miserable to yeah. waking up one day when you're like, I'm okay. Yeah, to, to having some peace in a, in one of the most unpeaceful situations 
in the world. I mean, he's in prison, sure. surrounded by, by barbed wire. And he, he, it, what was crazy, so he, he's, his job is to clean the warden's office. Wow. Like the, he, he got elevated to this. Like nobody, nobody went in there. Nobody, he was the only dude that would go into the offices of anybody there. And he's cleaning the warden's office. Wow. So it's, it's crazy the favor that this dude got. On his wow. It's crazy. Still there. Still there. Preaching. Still there, reaching dudes. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, my goal is to to re- when people come in here, I try and point them in the right direction, you know, so that they'll never have to do what I'm doing right now. So they'll never be here again. Right, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow because most people are going to be going the other way too. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, Harley. so you get out, you parole, you got to stay in Iowa. Got to stay in Iowa. Get out. I'd been writing this pastor at my mom's house. I knew I was going to parole back, back to my mom's house. I had like a hundred bucks. You get you get out. They give you a gate fee, hundred bucks. So you, so real quick, real quick. So, but you mentioned so your son was nine months old when he went in. Yeah. So he, now he's five, yeah, right? Yeah. So now he's five. My mom had been taking care of him. I had a cousin that took care of him for a while. Um, my mom was married at the time. So my stepdad had passed away when I was in prison, so she had to deal with that and deal with my kid. His his, his mom, my kid's mom, we never were married, but actually I met her at rehab. Should have never been together. She's off doing her thing in and out of jail. Kind of same story. Didn't go to prison, but in and out of jail. So my mom's raising the kid. I get out. He was kind of back with his mom a little bit. Um, so I parole back to my mom's. And uh, I've been writing this dude who's a pastor at my mom's town. And he's, he's, he's like, I think God's got a call in your life. You're, I think you're supposed to be a pastor. I want to help you get into school. So I'm, I think I was 34, 35 at that time. Go back to college. He's like, I'll help you get into college. I'll help you fill out the paperwork. So I go back to college, doing it online, working road construction during the day, studying all night doing that whole thing um meet my wife at the church um i've been praying when i was in prison i was like i was like i was like lord i want to uh, uh, love a, a a woman that would love my son like it's her own because i knew i wasn't gonna get back with his his mom but lord if i if i get married i want a woman that that would love my son julian just like it's her own son a woman that prays a woman that loves you more than she loves me um, and then i kind of as a joke would be like I, I i would always say um god give me give me a woman that can sing because you're in you're in prison, hearing dudes sing for for the last five years. I want to hear a woman's voice. I can sing. Uh, just I would just throw that out there. Yeah. And so I meet my wife. She fills all those things. She sings in the in the in the in the worship team for the for the for the church. Beautiful voice. So even as I always tell people, when you pray, man, get specific because God's hearing those prayers. Wow. Dude, don't, don't don't mess around. Uh, I just got goosebumps, it. bro. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, that is way cool. He filled all those like these little requirements yeah. or that I had. What's going on, guys? Dustin with the LFG 1904 show. Proud to announce our partnership with Law Tigers. If you have been in a motorcycle accident, let's get you the compensation you deserve today and get you back on the road. Go ahead and call this number, 858-306-1986. Once again, that number is 858-306-1986. Law Tigers, nationwide, doesn't matter where you're at. Call that number, LFG. He was like, all right, you want that, you know? Here you go. Yeah. So get married. I was like like seven months out of prison. We get married. Her dad's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was. Right, yeah. So is she from Iowa too? She's yeah, she's from Iowa. Iowa girl. Yeah, Iowa girl. And, yeah. And so, but I told her right away. I was like, dude, I'm I'm supposed to go back to California. Were you all inked up too? I wasn't. I I think I had just a couple tattoos. Not, oh, as, okay. not as much as I have not now. now. But but definitely stood out. Like for Iowa sure. Was like not. I mean, it, it served its purpose. But I was just I I. I I never fit in in Iowa. So we get out. We get married. 
I mean, I have two kids. I, I get a church. I graduate from college. Get a church that's there. It's a tiny little small farming community. Great church. Great people. Loved us. Treated us really well. But I was like, dude, I'm supposed to be in California. I'm supposed to go back to OB. I knew right away I was supposed to go back to OB to reach people that looked just like me that were doing the, having the same problems that I was having but aren't hearing about the Lord, aren't hearing that this is how you can get sober, this is how you can get clean, you know? Because I, tr- I tried everything. I tried NA, I tried AA, and nothing against those groups, but it just didn't, it, it didn't work for me. I right. just wasn't getting, I wasn't getting sober. I tried Eastern religion. I tried looking at all these different philosophies and stuff, just trying to fix myself, and nothing was working for me until, until I surrendered to the Lord. That's what changed my life. So I was like, okay, here's a message. If people want to hear it, I'll give it to them. So God, God was literally telling me, you need to go back to OB and open this church. And I was like, there's no way. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know how to e- even think about doing that. So I tell my wife this almost right when we first meet. I was like, I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm going to be moving back to California to do this. And she's like, I'll never move to California. Oof. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how this is going to work, Dad. Wait, wait. So but you already married her and she said that? No, or not be- even before. before we got married. Oh, okay. And and so I'm thinking, so I just kind of put it in the back shelf, just like, okay, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. She said, I ain't never moved never, to yeah. California. <laughs> yeah. Well, hello. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, Real quick, yeah. I'm, before I'm, because it's in my head. Yeah. So the son that was just in the Air Force? Yeah. Is that the son that's that the worked? One. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that, that I'd had when I was in prison, where was was eight months old when I was in prison. And he wrote you that letter yeah. with all the things that were going on in, in his life, you know, while you being gone. Yeah. You know, joining the Air Force. Man, what an incredible story because that kid, what's his name? Julian. Julian could have yeah. went down the other road. Oh my God. It's it what's what's so crazy, bro, is that that he I don't think he's ever smoked. I don't think he's I know he's never drank, never used drugs. Grew up, went, went to Point Loma High School. I mean, joint Loma High School, I mean, but never just just kept the straight. I think because I was, I was always open with, with my story. I said, buddy, here, here's, here's the deal. Your mom's an alcoholic addict. I'm an alcoholic addict. My, my whole side of the family is that way. I'm not telling you don't do these things, but there's a good chance that if you do, you're not going to be able to stop. Yeah. And I, and I was always just open. I, I, again, I never said don't do it. You're going you know, to die or like the, the crazy message, but I was like, there's a good possibility. Here's, here's what it did to my life, and he sees it. And this could be this could very well be where you would go if this if, if you just dabble in it a little bit. So that's so great that you said that because we have so many friends that are having kids, and I know that this has been a topic that I've had on my mind too. Mm-hmm. What what do you say? Yeah. Do you scare tactic them? No, because honestly, that didn't work for me. Right, right. not at all. Yeah. But if you have a conversation like you did, um, I, the success rate is much higher. Right. Right. Here's the black and white picture, kids. Yeah, this, this is where it goes. <laughs> this is where this is what's going to happen to you because it is in your DNA. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's heavy, and so even even our church, like the church we haven't have an OB. It's uh-huh. like eighty percent of the people, alcoholic addicts, they all come from that same background. Right. So he's been able to see them as they come to the church and get to know them. And we've had that church nine years, almost not, or eight years. Um, He's gotten to see these guys come in, get sober, get clean, but to see what it looks like when they go back out. And so he, he I mean, he got to know these guys, he got to, you know, call them. Some of them were like uncles to him, you know, help, help raise this kid. So he's seen, he's been around addiction and recovery most of his life. He's seen the good sides of it. He's seen the beautiful areas of it. He's seen, I mean, we during COVID, we had, we lost uh, 11 people to fentanyl, died from fentanyl. I did more, I did more funerals in covid than i'd ever done in my life i've done a couple before that to, to, like to old people mm. like naturally pass away celebrate a beautiful life they had but during covid i was it was like almost every other month i was doing a funeral 
for some kid that's like 30, 28, 30 from fentanyl. First time doing it or was um, it so already, going back into it? Was like, an already an addict? Already or, an addict, okay. went back out, yeah, relapsed, and, and yeah. that was it. Done. Mm, that that, pan, that pandemic is something serious, my friend. Yeah, really, I, we're gonna be we're gonna be dealing with that for the next 15, 20 years. I think so too. I think that I was talking to my friend Clea. She's uh, she's coming out with a uh, documentary, and she, her, and I were talking, and she was like, you know, eventually the fentanyl thing is gonna go away. It always does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so crazy because we're like so in the middle of it right now. Yeah. But you know, like the crack pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, it went away, and there's always something, there's something else. else. Heroin yeah. came, whatever. You know, the case may be alcohol. I mean, alcohol. All these things are always going to be here. However, the fentanyl thing is so high yeah. right now, and eventually it will go away, which is which is a blessing. But I'm I'm in fear of something much stronger. Right. Right. You know, they're talking on the news. I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but they're talking about how. Another lab in China has just created another COVID strain yeah, that yeah. literally will kill somebody. Yeah, like crazy. it's killing animals. Like they've already tested it on rats and mice and raccoons and all this. And the yes. moment that it's ingested, they die. So that's Gnarly. that's just insane to me. These things that people are making in a lab, right? Right. Fentanyl, COVID, <laughs> all this crap, and it's right. like. Are you kidding? What me? are we doing yeah. here? Yeah, where's this world going to, right? But anyways, I think that's fantastic, man. That's a perfect, perfect segment. To even, I hope everybody listened to that just because, man, especially we all have kids and we are all addicts. You yeah. know, at least a majority of the, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are that are not, but the ones that are have kids yeah. and those conversations are going to be difficult they when they get to that age. Yeah, but it's but I think it's it's so good to be open and honest with them. And have that dialogue before it gets like down the road, and be like, and then they find out from somebody else. Oh, your dad used to be a, like a wild man. Oh, wait right. a second. I, all, all I know is him clean and sober now. I didn't even hear about that. Right. And so I didn't, didn't want to, you know, blindside him. Right. Um, but I also wanted, to, you know, I, we, we we we've been brutally honest with our kids. Not the point that's ever going to harm them, but to just say, look, this this is where I went. Drugs, alcohol, jail, prison. Should have probably died a million times. This is where this road can lead. You know, not and, and and we've told him not not everybody go like my wife. She she can drink here and there if she wants. She hasn't and like I think since I've known her, I think she's had one drink. Um, but but we know where it can go. We know where this 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 goes. So so not everybody's an alcoholic or an addict. But dude, uh, with your genes, yeah, this is where this is gonna yeah. go, bro. Yeah, you're playing Russian roulette, kid. One hundred percent. Yeah. So Mrs. Porter finally decided to move to California. How she was that did, conversation? Dude. So dude, it was a trip. So we had our third. Third kid. How many kids do you have? Got three. Okay. So three, three boys. Wild, wildness at our house. So we had our, our third kid. I'm at this church. She she calls me, and he's like a month old. She calls me, and she goes, she's she'd been reading the Bible, praying or whatever. That morning she called me. She's like in tears. I'm like, is the baby okay? Are you okay? What's going on? Mm. She's like, God just told me we're supposed to move to California. Wow. And this is like out of. The, I didn't mention California. We're at this church. We thought we'd be there for a while. You know, everything's going good. She's like, "We're supposed to move to California," and I was like, "I told you." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I didn't say that, but <laughs> that's what I told you in the first place. Yeah. But so I was like, "Okay." So we started looking into it, and um, like right away, all these doors just started opening. Here's a place you can go. Here's a place you can stay. Here's these people that want to help you. Here's some money. Here's I mean, just all this stuff just came, and we were like, "Okay." So we kind of put it in front of the Lord. We're like, Lord, if this is supposed to happen, then Lord, make it happen. I don't want to just force it because I want to be back in San Diego. But if it's supposed to happen, make it happen. And man, all this stuff just 
unexpectedly miraculously really just kind of started happening and wow. so like within five months we're, we're moving back to ob to start a church wow. which is crazy so what year was this that would have been uh 2012 come back to ob Is that 2012 yeah no 2013 okay yeah. so 2000 and then you you had a church Right away. So we we came back here. We, there was there was there wasn't. A, I mean, there was no church. So we just we we started just kind of meeting with some people. Started talking with some people. I, I went to this other church that's in OB, and I said, "Hey, what would it look like if we came in after you guys and had service here? Because there's no way we can afford a building or you know have our own stuff." And they were like, "Yeah, come on, join join with us." So we jumped in there, um, started doing service on on Sunday nights, and really was just reaching the, you know the alcoholic, the addict. I, I was going to AA meetings. There's a clubhouse down in OB. Yeah, I was going there. If anybody's kind of mentioned the Lord, I wasn't preaching by any means there. But if anybody kind of mentioned the Lord or mentioned that direction, I'd meet with them after, or I'd come up and talk to them after. Sure. After the meeting, be like, "Hey, here's the deal. Here's where I'm at. Here's where we're going. Here's a church. Maybe you'll fit in." And so we just uh, started to just attracting that that kind of people. Those kind of that kind of like our our church is almost like not even a church. Like no, church people felt weird there. Like I always felt weird going into church, like a right. normal church, but like normal people would come to our church and they felt weird because right. it's just all, it's like an AA meeting. Okay. You know, it's like all, almost everybody there is an addict. Everybody there is an alcoholic. Everybody there is going through recovery. Uh, we, we, we joined up with uh, the Veterans Village of San Diego, which is down on the Pacific Highway, right, right across from uh, San Diego Customs. Um, and it's, it's veterans that are, it's a sober living uh, recovery center for veterans they somehow they found us, and so a bunch of their people started coming to to the church. Really, and so that was kind of just a a cool little little connection we had there. Okay. Um, so, what's the name of your church? Uh, it's Regeneration Church. But here's the deal: we just announced Sunday. I haven't even told anybody. Actually, I just put it on Facebook yesterday that we're actually shutting the church down um, February 18th because I'm getting so many I'm getting so many um, opportunities now to speak. At different places, so I'm going to all these different recovery centers. I'm going to four different recovery centers right now. Donovan Prison, they're going to start letting me go to Donovan Prison to speak out there. I'm trying nice. to get into Juvenile Hall down in um, Chula Vista, and so all these other opportunities to reach more people are, are, are just like started coming out of nowhere. And we we've been praying for it for a couple months, and we just really feel like this is what the, the Lord is saying to do to, to to walk away from this, and then we're going to go into a whole another whole another realm. Wow! And your wife is chapter. doing this with you too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's she um she won't necessarily be going to all those places, but she's one hundred percent behind it. Right. Yeah. So wow, that's I mean, it's a trip. Do you have a do you have a lot of people that go to your church right now? So we we, we right before COVID, we were up to like eighty to hundred. After COVID, I mean, during COVID, we got shut down, opened back up, shut down. All the churches got, you know, just, it was kind of like a yo-yo. You're open for a week, and then you're down, and then you're open for a month, and you get shut down again. So, so messed up. It was, it was, it was and, and, and that's why all these, like, even they shut the AA groups down, NA groups. They shut everything I down. Know, it was done. All the self-help. Yeah. So that's why we had all these relapses. That's why we had all these funerals. That's why we just had just people went back to what they knew because they didn't know what to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, Fauci. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> So we, we never truly recovered after COVID. Like we, we got, we get like 50, 60 people right. and then our numbers just started dropping even a little bit more. And so that was just kind of like another sign. Okay. We're, I think we're supposed to go in a different direction because I'm going to these recovery centers. I'm preaching and talking to like 80 to hundred people every time I'm going there to different people, you know, and I'm going up to Ramona, going up to Vista, um, down South, um, uh, San Diego rescue mission. I'm starting to speak out there as well. So just a bunch of different um, places, different avenues, same message, 
it's to, to really the same people. It's, it's still the drugs, alcohol. Those are my those are my people. Those right. are people in recovery. <clears throat> that's my jam because that's where I came out of. You know. Yeah. So we just really feel like this is what we're we're supposed to do now. That's awesome. But yeah. So but we, yeah, we started that church out of nowhere eight years ago, um, with with a handful of people. There's like ten of us when we first started, which really? is a, a trip. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, how does if you don't mind me asking, yeah. how do you get paid to do something like that? Yeah, so we just raise our own support. Like so, even okay. now, like we raised a, a ton of support to start the church. We're raising support now to to keep to to do the ministry we're we're doing now. Um, so I'll be I'll be hitting up as, just basically everybody I know. You know, if, what we're figuring if we can get if we can get uh, two hundred people to do fifty bucks a month, that'll keep the whole thing going for you know for longer. And then some people give. I, I, I thank goodness through the the circle. I'm 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 ordained through a denomination. And so our denomination, I'm, through that, I've met a ton of, ton of people, a ton of other churches. So even our church, like we knew people coming into our church, most of them have really nothing to give. They're just getting their life together, just getting out of treatment, just finding a new job. So we were like, okay, we're not going to be able to count on these people to give to the church. So we had a, I got a bunch of other churches where we're donating to us every single month. Like we got a church in Temeca that gives us $1,000 a month. You know, just to be able to keep this thing going, they see what we're doing. They know that that, that they love what we're doing, but it's not, it's completely different than what they're doing. Right? But they're all about it. Like, right? Hey, we love what you're doing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's so they, great. They support us. So we, we got like we got like six different churches that kick in. So I'll be hitting up a bunch of a bunch of people. Is it Christian of, based too? Yeah, Christian based. Because right, yeah. you said that earlier, so I was just assuming. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. I've been going to church for the last two weekends with my wife, and right on. she was brought up in the church and. Um, we went to this church here in El Cajon. We're going to try a different one this Sunday. Yeah. Um, she goes to the church in um, Rancho Bernardo. Okay. And it's funny. So, you know, I have recovery and I have all these things, right? And I've always been scared of church. I, there's yeah. a lot of fear, you know, for whatever reason. To it, I can never answer the question. If somebody asks me, it's like, why are you in fear of God? Why are right. you in fear of church? Right. I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. And I think it's just because of a generational thing of, people i don't know I, I i couldn't i couldn't and i have a lot of religion my grandma was super religious you know and yeah. not really church but pray and like you know um prayers before we get into the car prayers when we leave yeah. you know yeah. things like that so anyways i get to i go to her church and it took you know what i don't know a couple times of going but i felt that i felt that feeling yeah where yeah. it just came over me yeah yeah and it was like uh something coming over me and I was paying attention and I was not in fear and I was really engaged with this, everything about it. Yeah, right. And so I was like, wow. So, it, you know, that it, it, I felt the change and I want to do some, so now we're, we're trying to figure out where we're going to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know if this church was the right fit. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. it was, it was a fantastic place. And I think that it's just like, uh, in recovery, you know, every meeting's different. Go find the yeah. one that you need to go to, exactly. right? That's it. Just yeah. go find the one that, you know, the moment, and for myself, the moment I start judging, because that's the worst, the moment I start doing that, um, things are just much better. Right. 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 And so that's like my wife, the, the moment we left church the first time, she goes, what do you think? And I said, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to go a second time. Check it out. That's good. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm not going to give my judgment <clears throat> right now. I'm going to go a second time. And, and you know it, it's fine. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it because she wants to be back part of the church and mm -hmm. and have our kids grow up in the church. And I right. wholeheartedly believe that for addicts, find whatever you can get for that spiritual break, for that something that's positive in your life right. too. Right. 
there's so much chaos, right? That's, that's the thing. We, we come out of just so much chaos, so much turmoil, tribulation, to, to just find a place where you can just kind of sit. And like you said, you get this feeling of just kind of like a, like almost a peace comes over you. Yeah. And, and that's something that, that you find here and there, but it's, it's almost like it's always out of reach. And, dude, I felt the same. When I first started going to church, I was like, dude, I do not fit in. I could go to, I'd go to church with my mom before I would say, before all this started happening. I was like, I do. Everybody's looking at me, and they weren't. But I just, that's sort of just what I felt. Because I didn't know, I didn't know the, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know God. I didn't know what they were doing. They all seemed to know what they were doing. They almost all seemed fake to me. I mm-hmm. mean, if I could be honest, when sure. I, was, I was going with my mom, I'm like, why are these people so happy? There's got to be something. No, nobody could be this happy. But then, then the Lord does what He does in my life, and now I can, I can see, dude. They, they had a genuine peace and a genuine happiness, which I longed for in my life, and maybe that's why I thought they were so weird. Mm-hmm. That's ex- they had exactly what I wanted, so I had to paint it as being fake. Uh, they they couldn't be like this because I couldn't find it, so nobody else could be like that. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I I felt the same way, mm-hmm. and that's why we like even in our church, I I, I speak in a t-shirt. I, I don't dress up. I don't purposely. I dress down to make people feel comfortable. I want you to just be able to come in. However, we we got dudes come in on a bender. I'm like, I don't care what you did five minutes before you came in here. That the, the fact that you walked in here, God, well, I think God wants to do something in your life. And it's certainly if you're acting a fool and running around tearing stuff up, we got to c- control that and contain that. But mm-hmm. I'd rather you come into the church like that than thinking you got to clean yourself up to come into church. That's the, that's the opposite message of what the Bible teaches. You don't get cleaned up and then, and then go to church. You can, but really you come to, to church and you come to the Lord and he cleans you up. That's, right. that's the point of it. You know? Right. It's, 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 like, it's like going to the doctor saying, I'm going to fix myself. Dude, you don't, you're the doctor because you can't fix yourself and, and you need something bigger than yourself to help you. Um, and so that's that's kind of was always our our, our model. We we wanted to be like a hospital for dudes that are just hurting and broken. Come in here and, and let's let the Lord work on you. Let's let the Lord fix you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, that's sure. really cool. And I mean, basically, now you're just following your dream, man. So yeah. you wanted to come back to California. Boom! You come back to come. You open a church. Your wife comes. Your kids are here. Yeah. And now you're going to be doing. You're going to be reaching so many people in some dark. I mean, it's almost. This is like full circle. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, the the man that was teaching you about you know being a, a preacher and all yeah. these things, it's like now you're going to back in to people in prisons and jails, yeah. and you're going to talk to them. Like, wow, that's freaking yeah. awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it, dude. I, I look at there's times I look at my life. And I'm like, dude, and, and my my life is no by no means perfect by any means. I got sure we got problems. I got three kids. You know, it's of course. It's, everything that anybody else has but i i can look at my life now and so i'm like i'm like god I, I can't believe that you from where i was to where i am now like i never thought i'd have dude i'm a two-time felon the fact that i made it through college the fact that i got accepted to college got ordained in this like i had to lay it all out before i mean i couldn't hide anything i yeah. could have but i was like i'm just gonna be brutally honest with you guys this is where i was transparency man yeah and they were like okay like even the first job i got out when i was when i got out of prison i'm like dude how am i gonna get a job and i, I applied to this to this place i'm uh working road construction or trying to get work at road construction. I was like, I didn't want to tell the dude I had two felons, two mm-hmm. felonies. And, but I put it down there and he's, he's like, Mark, I see what you've got here. Um, I want to, I want to hire you, but I don't, I just don't have a place for you right now. And I'm thinking right away, you know, he's, he's just giving me lip service. He's like, but I love that you were brutally honest with me. And I appreciate that. And as soon as a place, op- as soon as a spot opens, I'm going to hire you. Two days later, he calls me right back. He's like, dude, I, I, I thanked you for, you know, for being, for being honest with me here. I'm going to give you a shot. And so I'm thinking, I got to hide this stuff to get hired. But I'm honest with him. 
And that's how I got hired because he was like, dude, I, there's, there's been plenty of people that came in here and applied for this and hid all this stuff. We do a background check and we find like they got a rap sheet longer <laughs> yeah. than yours, right? Right. It's right. like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. But he's like, I didn't have to, I didn't have to do that for you. you or you even less. Yeah. yeah. Or even, or even yeah. less. And yeah, it's like, like they're hiding ticket. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, bro. Why, yeah. why are you hiding that, bro? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God, I was just, I was just sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, you know, you're doing that, but you're also a tattoo artist. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even bring that up. Yeah, so how crazy is that too? So, yeah. you're, so is that a full time gig? It is. We we have a shop in Claremont um, called Saints and Centers. It's kind of it's kind of like appointment only. I mean, I'm there a lot, but it's 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 right now. It's kind of I got another lady that works there um, who's been tattooing 14 years. But I, yeah, so I, so I was getting all getting blasted sure. as I came back to San Diego, getting work done by Dom at, at Ace uh, Tattoo. Actually, he who lives in Hawaii now um, was was getting tattooed there. I drew a couple. Uh, tattoos for him to draw on me or to put on me. He's like, dude, why don't you just start tattooing? Because I'd always been an artist. I always drew, uh -huh. even in prison, I, I drew a bunch of tattoos for people. I didn't get tattooed inside because it's just filthy. Um, and so he's like, dude, why don't you just start tattooing? So so he, he kind of teaches me how to be a tattoo artist. This is like six years ago. And wow. He's like, he's like, dude, you should just start tattooing. So I started tattooing at my house. His dad, who owned the shop at that point, is like, dude, why don't you just come work up here? So I worked at Ace for two years. Oh wow! So you're a product of Ace, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Shout that's out! What's shop. up, Dom? That's, yeah, oh, right. Shit. Yeah, that's the first shop I went to. No kidding. Um, and and tattooed there for two years. We, we even looked at maybe even possibly buying that place because they just sold it, but it just things didn't, things didn't work out. So we were like, okay, now what? And this this dude's like, hey, I got a spot in Claremont if you want to open a tattoo shop. It's actually at a church. There's a barber shop. There's a beauty salon. There's a recording studio. He's like, I got a spot open if you want to open a tattoo shop here. I was like, let's let's go for it. Wow! Yeah, so it's yours. Yeah, yeah. We 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 opened it uh, almost a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. <laughs> there you guys. Yeah. If you guys are here in Dago, go yeah. get some Saints and Centers Tattoo Shop. Boom! And you got so many plugs, it's not even funny, yeah, right? right? <laughs> All right, let's get into this, man. I've been waiting, yeah. okay, patiently, yeah. okay, because I'm fascinated by the crew that you're with, man. I had. I had Taylor on the show, Taylor Thrasher, yeah. and uh, boy, did that episode crush. And uh, yeah. so the fitness journey that you're, I mean, you're probably always on since prison, I would imagine, yeah, right? exactly, yeah. That's where I started, yeah. So I know that my first experience with, uh, you know, seeing this fitness Instagram thing was Wes Watson, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember him walking around his condos in Oceanside. Like, I've been following this guy for a long time. Yeah. And the C, the transformation that he's had has been crazy, right? So right. it was like even, I think it was like 250,000 followers. Now he's up at a million and, That's you know, crazy. he's a beast in this industry. And yeah. wow. And he really like paved away because, I mean, honestly, I don't know who else had done it. I mean, maybe there have. I don't know. He, you know, he's kind of like the first from that, from that era, right. that, that, that style that kind of blew it up. Yeah. Right. And so you're in that same sort of family tree with him, correct? <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're like stepchildren out of out of his thing so like that so so i so i met taylor at ace he's getting tattooed by dom okay <clears throat> dom was late to tattoo so I'm, i I think i just got done tattooing um taylor's sitting there we start talking taylor's a christian we start talking about the Lord. He's like, you're your pastor i was like yeah so we, we're talking we're talking about tattoos motorcycles everything right <clears throat> dom shows up so I, I i this is almost right when i first got there so it's like five years ago five six years ago so i was just kept in, in touch with taylor taylor Starts training. Taylor's always been training, but so he's, he's, he gets a coach, Brad, from uh, Reliant Fitness, who actually was under Wes. So there's, that's how it all right. kind of came, came about. 
Um, Taylor starts doing his things, his program. He hits me up. He's like, dude, I know you work out. You want to take it to the, to the next level. I was like, well, what does it look like? I get in, so I did his 90-day uh, um, routine, 90-day program. I think I started that last, like, July-ish. And just, like, I'd, I'd always worked out but never did the diet part. Yeah. Never had that doubt in. Never really had to worry about it. Dude, I, I, as I got older, I think I was, I just turned 50. I was like, this ain't working. My metabolism's slowing down. I wasn't getting fat, but I just wasn't getting the, the results that I would normally get. Still working out, still doing my thing. And he's like, dude, I'll dial your, your diet in, and that'll take you that'll take you to that next level. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Kind of kind of thought about it for a minute, and I got an extra, some extra money, and I was like, dude, let's do it. Let's go. Got on his program, and dude, like within like a month, I was like totally transformed. I couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, this stuff really works. Mm. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I told you it really yeah. worked, you know? Yeah, yeah. Dude, your diet's like so important. And uh, <clears throat> so finished his program, and I was like, all these dudes started hitting me up. Hey, I want to do some training with you. I, I mean, I, I was pushing some to Taylor, of course, because I wouldn't even think about doing any coaching. And then I was like, Taylor, what would it look like to, to have you coach me, not just just be in your program, to be a coach? So Taylor starts, he's like, okay, yeah, let, let, let's run this. So I'll get on his program to be a coach. He starts coaching me to be a coach for the, you know, for the online fitness thing. Okay. And then he just starts introducing me to all these dudes. And then, man, I get to work out with them like once a month, go up to where we're hitting a, uh, place in Oceanside, um, I think at Metroflex in Oceanside, we go up there and did it. Like these dudes are like cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah. Like, these dudes are like, I mean, it's Taylor, Brad from Reliant Fitness, who's completely blowing up. Yeah, just beast. Yeah, Ryan Smith, who's what just a cool a, story that guy has too. Oh, yeah. As a firefighter. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, but just like one of the most humble dudes. I'm right. actually in a cohort right with him right now. Um, it's called Men of Purpose. He's got a group another along with this guy who's Brad's doing the like the physical fitness part of it. And then he's got this guy that's doing the, like the business part of it. So it's like guys that are trying to get fit, but also guys that are trying to level up in their business. Right. It's called men of purpose. Great program. Um, I'm in with them right now. So I'm kind of working one. I'm one with Brad in the fitness area, working with this other guy, Willie. Up. He's actually, he, he's, he's clean and sober, mm-hmm. but he owns a bunch of distilleries up in, in Michigan and multimillionaire, like right. killing it, killing but, it, but sober. Right. Um, was out Northern California moved over to, to, to Michigan where it's legal too. Um, just trying to, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to stay fitness, but I'm also, okay, how can I grow, how can I grow in the business world? How can I grow as a, as a man? How can I grow as a father? And this, the court that I'm in kind of puts it all together. But dude, if you look at Brad, if you look at Taylor, them dudes are solid dads. The dudes are just solid. They're just solid dudes all around. Right. You know, like what you see on Instagram is what you get with those guys. It's not like you're the, like one dude in front of the camera and then another dude, when you go up and talk to him, yeah. like, both those dudes will give you their arm if you need it, if they could help you out. Yeah. I I mean, I met Taylor before he was even started this journey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, you know, you're, you know, have a couple hundred followers, you know, right, right. he would come to events and he was right. in the motorcycle scene. So yep. to watch, to literally watch somebody's growth yeah. like his, man, I, I give him shout outs all the time. Like, yeah. man, I'm watching, this is cool. You yeah. know, just yeah. everything that you're doing is, is really cool. I mean, just what an inspiration story for like you're doing construction and, yeah. Being able to like do something that's positive. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, t- he, he's not fearful of talking about, you know, God and, no. yeah. and, and what he believes in. And, yeah. and, and it's all, everything is positivity, even though it comes out probably harsh at times, you yeah. know, the yeah. way, you know, these guys are really getting in, in your face on Instagram. But yeah. I mean, I love it. Some people need that. You do. I, and, and really, like, like dudes <laughs> like me and you, and a lot of dudes out of recovery, 
like we need somebody I, like i don't need you to sugarcoat yeah how i need to change my life that's I like the dude in prison that, that mentored me he's like this is this is what you need to do and if you don't do it you you, you don't have to do it but you're not going to get where you want to go you right. this is and like he would say you, we're doing this today we're right. doing this today and you're moving here and you're going to move it you're going to run this and you're going to do that. and that's how you know like with, with coaching you like it's like a football coach a football coach can't can't just sugarcoat everything to you right you're like do go out there and hit somebody go yeah. out there and do this and if you don't they're going to yell at you because that's what you're supposed to be doing right and, and it's like i think most of the, like guys like us I, I appreciate that right don't 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 kind of beat around the bush just be straight with me yeah it's uh the other guy that you're working out with too mr shea what is his first name well, who's it mr shea on instagram He's the he's the, uh, the crane operator. Oh yeah, but um, he was like in the Harley scene too. Yeah, and his yeah. his story is pretty impactful. I've this, I watched some of his videos on Instagram yeah, too. A lot of them, a lot of them dudes came out of some some tough stuff, dude. Right. But they're just yeah, they're they're killing it now. And they're I mean like a lot of them are still in the industries. A lot of them are still you know going going hard working construction, like working like heavy construction. Yeah, and then running a fitness business on the side yeah. too. Like 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 when I go work out with those dudes, we're up, I'm up at three thirty. We're meeting the gym at four and or, or like five and then they go like we'll work out i'll go to the tattoo shop taylor goes and, and does his business and then those guys are going to to work con poor concrete poor concrete or yeah. work a crane yeah, yeah. Do some, like, that one guy's a, he's stuff. a he's a concrete pumper yeah ryan smith dude, yeah he's, he's a, and that dude's an animal that dude's huge right like, we did leg day about a month ago i couldn't walk for three days <laughs> and i work out all yeah. the time right that dude just yeah uh, brutal well i saw that video of taylor too and he looked like he was yeah. struggling oh, yeah. and i'm like man just... I, and i love seeing that though yeah. let's see the struggle yeah. you know what i mean yeah, like right. obviously right. you guys have great bodies physiques muscles, blah 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 but let me see like the workouts that are hard yeah. because you know what that just goes to show people that are watching this ain't easy you know what i mean nothing's right. gonna come easy yeah, you yeah. got to get after anything in life yeah, yeah you know to your fullest yeah for, for for real, I mean, and, and I think it's it's good to, to to tell people that this is gonna be hard. It's gonna be difficult. But yeah. what what I've been saying a lot to, to dudes like that I'm training, that I'm going through. I'm, I always tell them don't 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 wish for something more than you're willing to work for it. Like a lot of people wish I could have a, have a good body. I wish I had sobriety. I wish I had a better job. I wish I had, don't don't wish more than you're willing to work for it. You need to work as much as you're wishing for it because that wish is just gonna kind of float away. You work for it. That's how you attain it. And it's good to start off wishing for it. But you got to go after. It. You got to put in the work, and it's gonna. Sometimes it's gonna be hard, and sometimes it's gonna suck. Like those leg days, it, it sucks when you're in the middle of it. But then you get done. You're like, yeah, that was the best thing. I, you, you, I, I've never walked away from the gym going, man, that was a horrible day. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. I was like, dude, that was awesome. Right. It might have sucked in the middle of it. Yeah. You persevere, and then you, and then and another thing we you do too, like you work out early. You've already you woke up early, so you got to win. You worked out early, you got to win. So you're starting your you're stacking wins first thing in the morning. Right. And it's, it's just gonna it, it flows into the rest of your day. You go into the you want to work or your family or dealing with your kids or whatever you're gonna deal with that day. You've already got some good wins, so you got momentum to carry you through the day. You know, so you just, so it's so it's it's so much bigger than fitness. Certainly, it's about fitness. Certainly, it's about your health. Certainly, it's about looking good and and feeling good. But it's also just a mindset. You know, change changing your whole mindset to to have a winning attitude, to have a positive attitude, to be able to to be able to then pour back into people. And you, you start stacking those things together, it, it'll, it'll change your life, and then it'll start changing like people's lives around you. And that's that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes in. Absolutely. So so without giving anything away, so if somebody hits you up for, you know, to have you as a coach, like what is like what is your opening? What is your go to like? 
you're lying or what do you what do you what do you tell them yeah so so i'm like first thing i'm like how committed are you got it you know because it was funny i was just talking with taylor texting yesterday um we were like our, our our percentage of people that reach out to us and the percentage of people that actually go and join the join the program it's about 10 percent. so you get these dudes are like dude i'm in let's go and then you yeah. give them the price and like okay let's go and then you're like okay here's the here's the link to sign up once you click this and pay we're in they don't crickets do really <laughs> it's like what well, do you were you were in right you, you you and i'm not getting a hold of most of these dudes they're getting a hold of me right yeah um, so so my my first thing is how committed are you are you ready to do this thing right now are you really are you ready to, to change and improve your life um and and of course the, the answer is always yes but then people man people have such commitment issues right now and i don't know if it's a new thing or if it's just a, a thing that's always been there um but it's it's hard to get somebody to go to that I think so. I try and sign people up right away. Don't don't think about this. Don't let your emotions get into it. Don't let don't don't the longer you think about something, especially harder like that, like physical fitness, changing your diet, those are hard things. The longer yeah. you think about it, you're gonna talk yourself out of it really quickly. Yeah. So and is it to, so is it a 30, 90, 60 day program? What do you what do you guys got? So I offer I think Taylor even offers 30, 60, 90. We I offer that too. The 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 thing I tell people, 90 days is almost what I always sell. Because in 30 days, you'll, you're just starting to see a couple little changes. 60 days, you're starting to, to really get there. After 90 days, you give me 90 days, you'll be a different person when you walk out of it. Yeah. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change your diet. I'm going to tell you what to eat. I'm going to show you what to eat. I'm going to get your macros dialed in. I'm going to put you in a calorie deficit. That's going to take a little bit of time. So 30 days, you're just starting to get the effects of that. I'm going to give you a workout program, tell you what to do. Every time you walk into the gym, you don't walk in there just kind of wandering around. It's going to tell you on your app exactly what workout you're doing. Uh, um, what exercise you're doing every single day? You don't have to. There's no guesswork to it. You can track your reps, your sets, and everything on there. But but it, it it's going to take about 90 days to get the full effect of what you're doing. But then after 90 days, a lot of people just jump, jump right back in and do another 90 days because they're seeing the progress that they've that they've longed to see. But you just you, it's it's so hard to do on your own. Even even with all the the background I had working out, I still couldn't have got to where Taylor got me without Taylor's help. Without a coach, without yeah, a coach, without right? A coach. Yeah, we. So, well, so it makes sense. You know, you know. Listen, people that are you know are successful in re in recovery, they work as they work steps with sponsor. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's the same thing when you're when you're working out and you you know. I just I just love it. Like I said, I'm fascinated. So how? Okay, so how much would it be for like a 30 day program to to run? So I don't even. I think my 30 day is is. I want to say it's around 400 and it's higher. It's, it's, you, you'll save money doing the 90 day. 90, 90 day right now is six, 600. Okay. So that's a, that's not even a, that it's almost worth paying the 90 days then. So yeah, now oh, you're, sure. you're locked in. Yeah. And like you said too, a 30 day, you're just barely scratching barely the surface, know. right? Yeah. So the 90 day program is where it's at now. So what if, what if somebody says, just like in your, in your shoes, comes to you and says, Hey, Porter, so I want to start training. I want to start coaching. Yeah. Is that a whole different program? No, same deal. Same deal, but you're yeah. just basically kind of feeding him what you've been would, taught. Yeah, so I would I would plug him in. I would have him go through my program so they can see how to run the app, how to how to how to do, how to, how to coach somebody, how to what what does it even look like? Right. What because there's a there's an app for your food to track your food on, and there's an app where the actual um, workouts are on. So how do you even set those up? How do you get? Because I, I mean, there's a whole learning curve to all that stuff too. And, and so it's yeah. it's and how do you get clients? How do you how do you run your Instagram? How do you how do you put ads out there? How do you how do you reach other people? What do you do when somebody DMs you? What, like I, I tell, like if, if somebody was going to coach, you're you're DMing. Anytime somebody follows me, I hit them back with, you know, hey, thanks for the follow. 
what, what's your fitness look like right now? What would it look like if you leveled up there? Or, or do you even have any, uh, do you, do you want to go anywhere with your fitness? You know, it's, I, I, it's, it's a, a tag that just goes automatically out. I can't remember exactly the wording of it. Got it. Um, but so how do you set that, all that stuff up? Yeah. What do you do when you follow up with somebody? You know, getting a, getting a, a landing page so that when people come on your IG, they can go straight to there and fill out an application. How do you fill that out? How do you even make that? Right. Um, so you're just, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more to it than just, oh, go to the gym and work out. Right. So there's a lot there. And Taylor, you know, kind of walked me through all that stuff. Yeah, well, there you go, guys. So listen, if you guys want to start doing it, now's the time to do it. Tonight, yeah. Porterhouse yeah. Fitness, baby, Porterhouse on Fitness. Instagram. Go ahead and hit them up. Let's get with the program. And you can just, you know, have a badass body like he does for yeah. crying out loud. <laughs> it's less than six bucks a day. <laughs> I mean, that's tr- and it's so true. I mean, I mean, Taylor, when he was on our podcast, he offered the program and he actually gave me and Graf a pretty fair price. But we just obviously we didn't do it because we're lazy. But I'm I'm I like I said, I'm just I think it's so great. And I think it's all positive stuff. I mean, I know somebody at the gym that paid for Wes's mastermind. Yeah. Ten Dangerous. grand. Ten grand. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that even do? You know what yeah. I mean? I don't. It's, it's, I mean, it's like a three day deal. You go up there. I, I don't know the details of it, but it's, you're basically just buying his name, you know, yeah. and, and putting some money in his pocket. I mean, right. he'll, he'll teach you some stuff certainly there, but yeah, absolutely. This is like 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 people that sign up to you get my phone number. I talk to you. We we, we do Zoom calls. Um, like the whole team gets together. We do a Zoom call and we talk about you know what, what's working with you. What's what what are you struggling with? What do you need help with? That's so um, cool. So you have accountability, but you also have people encouraging you, building you up. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and it's, everybody's on the call together. Yeah, everybody's on that call together, yeah. Wow. So we all get to talk to each other. So you can see, like, so so a lot of people struggle with their diet right away. It's a hard thing to do when you change your diet. To, and plus, we put you in a 500-calorie deficit, so you're not eating as much, but you're eating better. Um, but it's like, so so you'll, so you'll so the new guy will come on and be like, dude, I'm, I'm totally not hitting my numbers. This is so hard. Then the other guy will be like, dude, I was right where you were. It gets better. It gets the second week. It gets a little bit better. So you got people pulling you up. Straight some up. people are like the workouts are. Oh my gosh, leg day is crazy. How do you even get through it? They, you know, you got somebody saying, oh, I'm, "I'm right there with you." You know, and yeah. we, we get through that together. So you got straight up, I love it. It's it. like a we thing, man. Yeah, so exactly. it's like recovery. Yeah, We're doing totally, this together. Yeah, and, and so that's the th- another thing too. Dude, like half the people that come on, I'm, I'm, I tell them that if you drink, do whatever, but try not to drink for 90 days. And so I got people that didn't even think about getting sober. Quit drinking for 90 days because they're in the program working out. They don't want to go back to drinking again. They see the benefits of not drinking in their life. It's fantastic. And just, not even just their physical fitness, but their mind, their relationship with their family, the relationship with their wife has grown. So now it's now it's not just I got fit, but, dude, my, my whole men, mental level up is completely different. I think about things different. I don't want to go back to drinking. Like Brad, when he first started, he wasn't thinking about getting sober. But that's exactly what happened. Mm. You know, Taylor doesn't, he's not, definitely not an alcoholic, but he's, he quit drinking to, to do that. I think he's got like a, a, a year and a month or a couple months in. Yeah. He's like, why would I go back to that? All right. right. I remember one of his stories. He rode up to Josie's and he was, you know, and he was still fresh. Like it was, you know, he had some following, and, yeah. you know, he was drinking a Corona. And then I remember saying him like him coming on and saying like, I don't even drink anymore. Like yeah. shouldn't even have done that, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. even having one beer right, or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's funny though, man, because once you know, once you're really involved with fitness too, I mean, all those things is just a crutch, and it maybe you get carried away drinking, and then you're not going to work out the next day. Then there That's goes it. the domino effect, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. two days turns into three, and then now exactly. your your meal plan has gone down the crap because you're drunk and you're drinking pizza, right? Right? Or yeah. you're eating pizza, yeah. right? Yeah, you're That's drinking, the thing, drinking like pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like you work out hard for five days during the week, and then yeah. you why would you throw that away on Saturday or you know, Friday, Saturday night? 
And not that you throw it all away, but why would I get, you know, why would I, why would I work so hard during the week to take two steps back on the weekend and then wake up on Monday just feeling like crap again and having to kind of almost start over again? You know, it's like, yeah. dude, I don't want to, I don't want to self-sabotage myself like that anymore. Right. Plus, you get begin to see like this isn't just affecting me. Like my drinking, my alcoholism, my all that crap, it uh, it affected everything around me. Yeah. So you start to see the bigger picture. Like, oh, my family is is, is hurting because of the the choices and decisions I'm making. So you 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 literally, we tell people you're you're literally going to level up in all these areas of your life. This isn't just about fitness. Certainly, it starts off that way. You get you get dialed in there, but then again, it's it, I start stacking wins. Yeah. So you see that this affects this and this affects this, and man, I want dude, I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best father. I want to be the best husband, best tattoo artist, best fitness coach, best p- pastor, you know, whatever it is, I'm shooting to be the best, but, but how do I get there? Well, I start with fitness. I start taking care of myself. I feel better about myself. I got a better self-image. I can walk into a room, not that I'm all proud and, and puff my chest up, but I feel more confident when I walk into a room when I'm feeling fit, you know, when I feel like, you know, that I'm not some fat slob coming in there, you know, I, I take care of myself. And, mm-hmm. and so you walk in with a little bit more I don't want to say cocky, but just, uh, you know, you, you feel better about yourself. Yeah, you have, there's a, there's a thing of con- confidence, confidence, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think, like I said, I, I just, I'm fascinated by it because, I mean, some of it is like, you know, you're on social medias to where it's like, um, you're kind of like an influencer, but the only difference is, is like, you're really, you guys are like changing people's lives. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I mean, a lot of it is influencing, obviously. <laughs> like, you got to be like, Taylor works his ass off on social media. Yeah. I mean, there's times where I just have to, I can't even watch all of the stories because <laughs> right. there's like a thousand stories, you know yeah. what I mean? And I want to, yeah. I want to support the homie, but yeah. it's like, damn, bro, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Um, but the, you know, when you talk about leveling up and fixing your life and you guys are literally setting the bar, man. Yeah. And I think, sure. I think it's just outstanding. I would love to have Brad on the show too, and, and just dissect some of his life because I'm, I've I've heard from Taylor too. He has a, a story, yeah, and oh, that's yeah. and that's what this podcast is all about is just you know sharing your story, because we're trying to help the other addict or even the the normal person that wants to quit drinking that yeah. wants to start working out. You know, yeah. so I hope with people listening to this podcast, they'll start following him on Instagram yeah. as you guys should follow him on Instagram, Porterhouse Fitness. That's it. And just watch his journey and see the things that he's doing. And I can promise you, if you guys if you guys sign up, your lives will be you'll you'll they'll, they'll change. Amen. That, that, that's yeah. that's the whole that's the whole purpose, right? That's change that. your life. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Be better than you were yesterday. Exactly. Amen. Appreciate it, brother. You have anything else you want to share, bro? I mean, we just knocked it out of the park. I'll I tell you that. We killed it, brother. Yeah. No, I appreciate you coming in here, man. I, I love. I mean, from the first time I saw you guys, and then I heard you guys are sober. I was like, dude, these these guys are where it's at. So I, dude, I. I think you see it. I try and represent you guys wherever I go. I put your, I know. your hat, your shirt on, you know, and it's, 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 it's so much more than just riding a bike around. It's, it's a lifestyle. And, and dude, there's, there's so many people I think right now, I'll, I'll end with this, that, that know that there's something bigger and better they can be doing with their life. And for whatever reason, they've got this doubt or fear or whatever it is. And you guys are helping people, even though you don't know it, helping people to level up in that area to see that there's more to life than just the, the and not that they're subpar, but just the kind of average life that they're living, that there could be something more. Um, and I think that's, you know, that LFG stands for that, that you guys are promoting and that you guys are sober, dude. I think it's 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm behind you guys all, all day. I appreciate that. You're a, yeah. you're a huge supporter for us, man. Like every, every time I see you, you know, rocking a hat and it's just like, it's so cool to see because, uh, 
you know, you're you're around some pretty heavy hitters too, man. So it's just really cool. And that is true. We're we are a brand for the people, you know, and just we want to show people that you can have fun being sober. Yeah. You know, I know there's so many people that are just like, why would I get sober? Right, right. <laughs> My life would be over. Right. It's yeah, the furthest think? thing from yeah. the truth. Yeah, it's a lie. The yeah. furthest thing from the truth, man. Yeah. I was, uh, he put on some uh, some really good music for us to end with. I'm right pretty on. sure that you're going to like it. You know, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> I'm eclectic. I like it all. I know. Oh, I mean, I really can't find anything now. I'm trying to find a specific song, but I just can't find it's it. It's gone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and everybody loves dead air too, so there's that. All right, just keep it silent, keep them hanging. Yeah. <laughs> right, just let me type. What this is it in. gonna be? Don't worry, guys. You guys all it? know the deal. I'm just a half nitwit, so don't worry <laughs> about it. You all know. It's all coming together. I know. Work in progress. I know. I'm a work in progress. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow Porter House Fitness on Instagram, Facebook. Y'all know the deal. <laughs> <laughs>